May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I'm going to do something I don't very often do, which is I wrote a very fine sermon to give this morning. And as I drove out here, I kind of decided that that may not be the sermon that I was going to give. So we're going to see how this goes. And, and the, what kind of caught my attention is I spent this week thinking about this reading from Acts, which is, you know, Jesus has come back to the disciples. This is in the first chapter, and we get these first few verses that kind of connect where the Gospel of Luke left off to what's happening in Acts. And they say, you know, Jesus has appeared to the apostles, and they have seen that he is resurrected. And they're together in Jerusalem, and then the story today picks up that all of the apostles had come together, and they're at this last moment with Jesus before he ascends, which is what he's been telling them was going to happen all along. And in this moment, the, the apostles never let us down because it is always amazing at how amazed they are by the things that happen that Jesus tells them is supposed to happen. And so the apostles are, are left standing there looking up into the sky watching Jesus ascend. And they watch him and then they can't see him any longer. And the text tells us that they, they continue to look up at heaven and finally two men in white appear and say, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And taking time of thinking like what it would be to stand there and, and watch Jesus ascend, even though this is what Jesus has told us, we get this prayer that Jesus offers in the Gospel of John, which is the, his, his prayer, this long farewell address that he's giving to the disciples, and he offers this prayer to God saying, you know, let me be glorified in you. Let me come home, but protect those that are still here. And in thinking about that, it made me think about the fact that every Sunday when we say the Nicene Creed, we say that we believe that this moment with the apostles staring upward and Jesus ascending to heaven really happened. And not just that it really happened, but that it is part of what was necessary for our salvation. So in this Nicene Creed, we declare that we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, and then we say, for us and for our salvation, he came down and he was incarnate. And for our sake, he was crucified and died and buried and was risen on the third day. And for our salvation, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. So why are we so anxious? Why are the apostles on that day of ascension so anxious that they're just left there? Their first question to Jesus before he leaves is, is now the time that Israel is going to be restored? And Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times 
is for you to receive the power of the Holy Spirit and to not just preach the gospel in Jerusalem or nearby in Judea or in Samaria, but it is for you to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. But yet they stand there and they watch. To me, the ascension and what we say in the Nicene Creed is so connected to what we as people hold as our Christian hope, which comes later in the creed, which it says we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. What we are anxious about is our own death. As the apostles watched Jesus willingly give himself over to be crucified and to die, that anxiety is because all they could ever know is that death was the end of the story. And as Jesus ascends into heaven, they are left there with none of the answers that they thought they were going to get, facing the fact of a world that doesn't have Jesus physically in it, but a world that also does still have death physically in it. And we proclaim our hope for the resurrection of the dead because we proclaim that Jesus ascended to heaven. Our adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion. I love that line from 1 Peter. I remember I had a woman that anytime she did uh, Compline. She always read the collect or the, the passage that comes from this that talks about the roaring lion. And sometimes we're very quick to make the devil something we can put in a box on the shelf next to us and, and we can dress him up in horns and a funny tail. But really our adversary is our own fear that we will die. I grew up in the Episcopal Church, so I have said the Nicene Creed for most Sundays of my life, and every time I got to the part that said, we look for the resurrection of the dead, I crossed myself, right? That's me making it a personal prayer. But it wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I actually believed in the bodily resurrection of the dead. And that's when I met a woman named Mary Wright in EFM, who was in, I think she had just turned 80 by the time I met her, and she had lost her husband three years before, and in her grief, she decided to enroll in education for ministry, which was a four-year course, and we were talking about this line from the Nicene Creed, and she looked at me and she said, I have no doubts that I will see my husband again. Not that I will just see him, but that I will touch him and hold him. Because I believe in what the Nicene Creed says. That we will have a bodily resurrection of the dead. And we will have that because Jesus ascended. If Jesus just ascended as fully God into heaven, then this could be another great Greek myth. And we could all go home. But the importance of Jesus' ascension is that he ascended both fully God and fully us. 
And so he took the experience of being a baby and having a mother and having friends and laughing and eating and sharing food and of being betrayed and being hated and being hurt and being killed and being reborn, all ascended in glory to God the Father. So what do we have to fear? We spend a lot of time being worried about numbers and money and is there going to be enough? And we feel sometimes like we are out on a wilderness road where no one has ever gone before. But every place that we go, even though it may be hard to see, we are walking a path that Christ has already walked for us. And we walk that through this life, and we walk that into the next. The only gospel that we have, and sometimes it is the hardest one to say, is not a gospel of social justice in this world, which I do believe in. I do believe that if we live into what we're called in, we will transform the world here and now. But what we preach and what we carry into the world is that you do not have to be afraid to die. Amen. Because once you give that up, it's amazing what you can do to transform the world around you. But even our best social work, social justice that we do, if it doesn't come with a message of your life can be transformed by the grace and salvation of Jesus who has already carried us up to heaven, then we are not the church. The apostles, after Jesus has ascended, and thankfully after two men in white robes have come up, and I kind of envision them shooing them away, saying, go, go back to, do, do something, don't just stand here. And they go back to Jerusalem, and they go back to the upper room, right, that we've heard about before. We heard about it way back on what's called Doubting Thomas Sunday. They go into the upper room, and they've locked the doors, except now they don't lock the doors, now they gather as the church and they pray. We have spent six weeks from Easter to now here praying. Amen. And we have prayed for our young people to be protected. And we have prayed for our church to grow and to thrive. We have prayed and offered up our shared grief when we have lost loved ones. We have given thanksgiving for healing. We have prayed and prayed and prayed. And today, I invite you to truly pray for the Holy Spirit. Amen. For the Holy Spirit to come and to fill this place. The Holy Spirit coming is not a one-time event. God poured his spirit out into the world, but we still always are the world that has to pray and to invite that Holy Spirit to come in. Because when the Holy Spirit comes in, and when we can fully realize that death is no more, imagine what we could do. Imagine it. So next Sunday, we will celebrate that one-time coming of the Holy Spirit. 
But I hope we also celebrate a renewal of the Holy Spirit here in this place. Amen. That we realize that when the Holy Spirit comes, that we are being created anew again and again and again. And all of that fear and anxiety of lost loved ones or of losing our own life can go to the side because we know that when Jesus comes again, all of that will be brought into new creation. So, our prayer for today. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we, we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen. Amen.